have experienced that, you know that is true in your own lives. But the amazing thing about Jesus is he gives us, he gives us also a very practical example of how to live our best life. And so what we've been doing over the last few weeks, if you've been on that journey with us, we've been unpacking some of the characteristics that Jesus demonstrated and just sort of exploring how we can live and love like Jesus. Awesome. Thanks, Jace. So um, we're going to close this series uh, today with, with I guess, a, 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 just looking at um, perhaps arguably the greatest characteristic that Jesus demonstrated that of grace. So I don't know if you're familiar with the guy called Philip Yancey. He's an author, and he says that grace is the last best word. And as a writer, he's, he's used to seeing words degenerate uh, over time, and, and when the original meaning ends up getting diluted and devalued. But Yancey argues that that's not the case with grace, that actually the, the, in the midst of the heaviness of our world that we live in, grace, the word grace, the meaning behind grace, it still reflects the original glory that it was intended. So, for example, when we speak of grace, we, for, we, we talk about things like grace notes in a musical score. They add a little bit of texture and color and beauty to that, to that opera or to that music. Or we talk about an act of grace where a condemned criminal is, is pardoned or found not guilty. Or even talk about companies who offer a grace period to customers who might have some outstanding debts or something like that. And so all of those little, those little examples of grace in our modern world just hint at the original beauty and the goodness that grace refers to. And from a Christian perspective, grace is far more deeper and broader than even those examples. Grace, from a Christian perspective, is the full and the free favor of God. It is given without limits or merit. It is the undeserved, the unrestricted, the unlimited goodness of God that He gives to us. And I don't know about you, but I, I think we need to see more of that. I think perhaps more than ever, our world is in a pretty dark place. And so, so when you look around the headlines, you see the screens, you see the news feeds, and there's conflict and corruption, there's abuse, there's apathy, there's racism, there's sexism, whatever it is, it feels like grace is of often missing in action. And now and then we sort of see glimpses of grace, and maybe politicians shake hands and agree on an issue. Or maybe a mother is holding her newborn baby. Or maybe friends reunite after drifting apart. You know, against the darkness of our world, those are just little glimpses of grace. Well, Jesus gives us the ultimate glimpse of grace. He talked about grace a lot. What's curious is that he never actually used the word grace. But all his teaching stories were absolutely soaked in grace. So if you've read the Bible, you'll, you'll know that there's a record in there of some of the stories that Jesus shared uh, to highlight some truth. And uh, according to the Bible, there's several stories that Jesus told. He told a story about a devoted shepherd who was searching for his sheep. He talked about workers in a vineyard who received a generous payment even though they hadn't worked a full day. He talked about a good Samaritan who reached across ethnic divisions to revive and to restore 
an injured man. He talked about a debt collector who forgave outstanding loans. He talked about a great feast that a wealthy man threw and invited the homeless and the hungry to share in his banquet. And he talked about a lost son who was lovingly embraced by his father. As I read those stories, as you've hopefully read or even heard of those stories, you'll see that they are infused with God's grace. In those stories, God's goodness is given without limits and without merit. That is undeserved and it is unlimited, the love that God pulls out. The fascinating thing about Jesus, he didn't simply talk the talk. He didn't just come up with a whole bunch of inspirational stories that were actually out of touch with the gritty reality of our world. Jesus walked the walk. In fact, those teaching stories were really the template for what he did on earth. Through his words and his actions, Jesus showed that he was the shepherd who was willing to go and search for his missing sheep. Jesus showed that he was the boss who would reward his workers. He was the doctor who healed the hurts and the heartaches. He was the master who generously canceled the debts. He was the host of the party that everyone was welcome to. He was the forgiving father who would embrace his children. Soren Kierkegaard, a 19th century Danish philosopher, put it like this, when it is a question of a sinner, he, Jesus, does not merely stand still, open his arms and say, come here. No, he does not stand still and wait. He goes forth to seek as the shepherd sought the lost sheep, as the woman sought the lost coin. He goes, yet no, he has gone infinitely farther than any shepherd or woman. He went the infinitely long way from being God to becoming man. And that way he went in search of sinners. Now Jesus uh, made his mission pretty clear. He put it like this. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. You think about it like this. If, if our greatest need was for information, God would have sent a professor. If our greatest need was for technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was for money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was for happiness, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness and for grace. And so God sent a saviour. And Jesus' mission was all about saving sinners. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He befriended the lonely. He comforted the grieving. He restored the broken. He forgave the guilty. And he did all of that by grace. Jesus loved the least, the lost, the lonely, and the last. He gave us a glimpse of God's grace. So this morning, it's my privilege to introduce to you a couple of people who are trying to give a glimpse of God's grace uh, through their everyday lives. Now, they are not perfect. They'd be the first to admit that just like the rest of us, they make plenty of mistakes. But I admire them for simply trying to live and love like Jesus. And I think we will be encouraged by what they've learned about grace in their lifetime. So you can welcome up to the stage Glennis and Jordan. Come on up, you guys.
couple of seats and a microphone. Which microphone's Jordan? You're the tech guru. That one. And I'll grab the easy one. Okay. Oh yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Sweet. All right. I'm going to sit here. Sorry. I'd like to see that way I can see you both. Okay, so Glennis, Jordan, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Glennis, we'll start with you. Tell us, for those of you, uh, for those of us who don't know you, um, I, I do know you, so I'm just sort of speaking on behalf of everybody. Tell us a wee bit about you. Well, I'm fortunately married to Bill. Um, <laughs> Very fortunately. We've got four adult children and 11 grandchildren. Five live in Dunedin and the remainder in the North Island. Um, before coming to Alexandra nearly 17 years ago, we farmed in West Otago and ran a shop in Tapanui. I worked for Breen Construction for 12 years once we come up here, before I retired. I enjoy gardening, fishing, reading, and I volunteer at the hospice shop one afternoon a week. Nice. Okay, that's good. That's you in a nutshell. That's cool. Jordan, what about you? What's your story well, in a nutshell? If this works today. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jordan. I'm married to Samantha for the last 17 years, luckily. Um, I've got two uh, school-going girls, beautiful young girls. Uh, we shifted out from South Africa to Alexandra four years ago, December. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I work all around the region. I get to see our beautiful region every day. I fix stuff. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Tech stuff. Um, I enjoy working on cars. Um, enjoy fishing when I get a chance, too. Um, and I'm the designated shopper in our family since COVID, so that's an interesting <laughs> <one>. <laughs> That's good, that's good. So... Um, some interest, some work, etc. What about your Christian faith story? Like that could be, you know, a bit more involved. But maybe the short version of that, Glennis. Um, I was brought up in a Christian home. I knew God in my head, but it wasn't until I got quite crock and I was healed, and I knew then I, I come to know Him in my heart, and that made all the difference. Um, my head knowledge changed to a heart knowledge. Oh, cool. How old were you when that happened? About 30. Okay, wow, cool. Okay, that's awesome. John, what about you? So, like Dennis, I was um, also brought up in a, a very staunch Christian family. My mum was um, involved in the Anglican church, went to church to please my parents for many years. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I left home and left the church and decided that this was all kind of not for me and not for not for me but you, you sort of I drifted away from the Lord I knew he was there um, and at a very low low point in my life I was out of my parents house I was flatting uh, with a couple of mates I was just party on every night it was then that I I called out to God and I said right if you're here um, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to end my life. It's just, it's not worth living if it's going to be like this. I said, if you're here, then 
stop me from doing this. And he, um, I, I leaned over and I pushed a button on my remote and the TV popped up and it was a, an assignment on the suicide victims left behind. And I said, well, wow, okay. So you are here, you're listening to me. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go and I want to, I want to be back with my parents. She said, well, ask them. I'm sure they'll let you in the house again. <laughs> and they did. And I said, okay, well, now I'm at home and things are much better. And I don't want to, I want a wife. And it was within months that I got into, well, yeah, introduced to Sam and I couldn't have asked for a better wife. And it's just been strength to strength knowing that he does listen to us. So that, that's my, my faith story. That's really cool. Uh, I was just not quite sure where you're going when you said, you know, you tracked through the progression and then you're like, and I want a wife. And I thought you were going to say, and I turned on the TV and... <laughs> but luckily there was obviously no. a bigger picture in there. Yeah. So. Hey, so it sounds like both of you have experienced grace in your life, right? Yeah. And even just those, those little snapshots of your story there. Glennis, what does grace look like to you, whether it's part of your story or how you've seen it unfold in others? I'd describe it as something that we can't earn, we don't deserve, but it's God's unfailing favour. Cool. Yeah, and you've, you've experienced that for you personally? Absolutely. Yeah? yeah. Jordan, what about you? So for me, I, um, I see it as the opposite of karma. Right. Getting what we don't deserve. Yes. You know, we deserve to um, be punished and die because death is the, the wages of sin. And sin is what separates us from God. But he died for us and he closed that gap. Um, the most gracious thing that um, has ever happened for me was looking at what Jesus did on the cross. He, he literally was there. He could have probably clicked his fingers and they'd all disappear but he said forgive them father because they don't know what they're doing and that for me is always when I look at the cross and I think of that story I go okay yep so you both try to be and again with our human imperfections but you both try to be graceful people not always Sorry. easy so, um, Jordan, what are some of the sort of ways that you've tried to do that over the years? So, yeah, I've thought about this a lot in the last wee while. And for me, it's working alongside people and working with apprentices. Yes. And apprentices love to mess up, as we know. Yeah. And even when you work alongside somebody that's sort of, that knows what they're doing and they mess up, but you show them without standing up and going, oh, look what he did. He broke this and it's his fault. We sort of say, well, hang on, how can we fix this? Um, and I find that like, just interesting that people will, they're, they're like drawn to you when you offer them that grace of not making a big deal out of it. And let's, how do we fix this? Mm. How do we get past this and both of us learn from what's happened? So you found people respond quite positively. Mm. And they're drawn to you. They're yeah. sort of like you form a connection and go, okay, well, he's a good guy. You know? Then where I find it difficult is working with someone or being with someone that's unteachable. Mm -hmm. That you sort of like, oh, this guy. And then when they do mess up, you're kind of like, no, actually, no, I'm not. Uh, you know? so. 
So that's a balancing act, right? It's, it is. Yeah, that's really, so. Dennis, how do you try to be a graceful person? Um, try and allow them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, try not to seek revenge or judge them. That's God's work. Um, give generously. Give generously without needing acknowledgement. You know, Jesus says that you give with one hand and the other hand doesn't know what you've done. Um, be willing to forgive continu- continuously. Don't bear grudges. Mm, I think that's a good one. So with, with those attempts over your lifetime, you've found people have been reasonably surprised or positive in their sort of response when you've shown them grace? Yeah, I think they see you in a different light. Mm. They, they ask themselves the question, why did they do that? Yep. And I think that's the start of Sorry going to see, forward here. Yeah, yep. Jordan, you mentioned about Jesus' um, inspiration on the cross and how he graciously chose to forgive those who were um, you know, take, trying to take him out. What other sort of ways do you find or draw inspiration from the grace that Jesus gave? Just that he did it so freely, and oh, it's it's he, he could have chosen a different path. Mm. He could have, but he did it, and he went ahead of me, and yeah, I just I can't I can't understand that. But you you live in it every day, and you go, okay, that's what it's about. He. He bowed to the Father's will, and he died for me. It's mm. that's mind blowing and, and quite humbling, right? Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very humbling. Yep. Yes, um, you're inspired by Jesus' example. Maybe the way that he showed grace to people who we would typically view as unworthy or undeserving. Mm. Absolutely, he works through our weaknesses, and in the where it says, "Let him who was without sin cast the first stone." He revealed sin in a way that encouraged people rather than condemned them mm. to change their ways. Yeah. Christians don't always have that reputation, do they, of no. uh, pointing no. out sin? You know, we're quite good at that sometimes mm-hmm. in other people, but forget that it's often something we're tangled up with too. Absolutely. So, so um, in terms of encouragement, like how, how encouraged are you knowing that Jesus is showing you grace and, and how does that help you show grace to others? Um, in the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6, Jesus says, or it's actually at the end of the Lord's Prayer, he oh. says, if we forgive those who sin against us, we will be forgiven. If we don't forgive them, we will not be forgiven. And that's reason enough to be a willing forgiver. It's <laughs> good motivation, right? Oh. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, what about you? So I've been, um, I've had a, a positive comment said to me once, and I've sort of stuck with it, of that you don't discriminate against anybody. No one's beneath you. And that's, yep. that's an example that Jesus said for us. And someone said to me the one day, oh, you and I are just the same. We can talk to anyone. We can get on with anyone. And as they say, have a yarn with anybody. And I often see people and go, why do they leave that guy alone? You know, why wouldn't you go and talk to him? Why don't you befriend him? Um, so that for me was just a, a positive thing that I've stuck with. Trying I mean, to, trying you to know, you could argue that 
everybody was below Jesus, right? Mm. Like, you know, in terms of the, the power and prestige. But yet he stoops down and yep. was willing to associate I mean, with... When he hung out with fishermen and yeah. they were considered the lowest of the low back then. Yeah, totally. So, totally. so what's <coughs> one thing that you want us to know about grace and its importance... For the in the life of a Christian, what's like the one thing you really want us to remember about grace, Gwyneth? Well, I actually had four things. I went back okay, to the earlier earlier comment I made, where allow people the benefit of the doubt. You know, often we, I'll just expand on it. Maybe you know, we we just we we tend to take them at face value rather than allowing them to be themselves and yep. know that they're different from us. Yep, 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 Nicole. Did you have three other points that you want to share? Oh, <laughs> expand on them, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, seek, don't seek revenge. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. those things, yep. Yeah, yep. it's God's work. Yep. Give yep. generously yep. and be willing to forgive continuously. And that's, that's hard, you know, if somebody keeps on doing the same thing wrong, yep. it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. John, what about you? So as I was looking all this up and finding it, the, the part that came to me was in 1 Corinthians, which is by the grace of God, I am what I am. So I'm here today by the grace of God. Um, and you all here today by the grace of God. He's, um, he's gone before us so that we can be here, so that we can witness to others as to what his grace has done in our lives. Um, sometimes it's for me it's it's difficult because you you start telling your story and it sounds like I'm bragging I'm like you know God's been so good to me here he's been so good to me there and you he, he reassured me this week that you're actually not bragging you just you we're in his favor mm. and he's that favor is his grace for us I think you're just sharing the story telling others about yep. the grace they could enjoy too. How well, I've really enjoyed um, finding out just, again, just a glimpse of grace in both of your lives and, and seeing some of the lessons that you've learnt from that and how you try to, um, you know, albeit imperfectly, but try to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So is, is there anything else you wanted to add? Anything else you want to say? No? Okay, that's cool. Awesome. Hey, thanks very much. I really appreciate that, Glennis. And Jordan, you can show your appreciation. Thanks. Thanks, Glennis. Thanks, Jordan. I really appreciate that practical wisdom. Uh, I hope you guys found that too. But what I probably find most inspiring about grace is that uh, anyone can show it, right? You know, you don't have to be super amazing. And when we give those glimpses of grace, like Glennis and Jordan highlighted, it's just so refreshingly different to our world. Like people respond in sort of a surprise. Men are not really recognizing that as a common thing. As Jordan hinted at, during Jesus' time on earth, he interacted with people of all ages, stages, sizes, and shapes. And if you read through the Bible, you'll see that one of Jesus' biographers records the diversity of people that Jesus showed grace to. So according to John chapter 3, the, where we just taken our text from earlier, Jesus talked with an educated and a respected religious teacher. Then in John chapter 4, Jesus encouraged a Samaritan woman who was typically despised by Jesus' people because of not only her ethnicity, but her gender. 
In John chapter 4, Jesus also meant with a government official, a man who had power and prestige. In John chapter 5, Jesus healed a cripple, a guy who had been lame for 38 years. In John chapter 6, Jesus connected with a young boy who, who willingly gave up his lunch so that Jesus could work a miracle. In John chapter 7, Jesus taught the crowds and gave them fresh insights into the goodness of God. And in John chapter 8, Jesus saved a woman from being executed by a mob. And in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man. A religious leader, a Samaritan woman, a government official, a cripple, a young boy, the crowds, a woman, a blind man. They are just a wide range of people from different places and different perspectives, but Jesus showed them all grace. And he can, Jesus calls his followers to continue that mission. So the Christian church is intended to be the wellspring, wellspring of grace for a heavy world. There's a man called Gordon MacDonald. He was an American pastor and an author, and he knows something about grace. Back in the 1980s, he had a significant responsibility. He was at the, the peak of his career, I suppose you could say. He'd been the president of World Vision. He'd run several big Christian mission uh, ministries, and he'd pastored a large church in Massachusetts in America. He'd written books. He'd lectured at colleges all around um, America. In 1987, it was revealed that he had an affair. And so he resigned from his positions and began a very, very difficult process of repentance, of reflection, of reconciliation, and ultimately of restoration. And years later, as he looked back on that, as he recognized the grace of God despite his brokenness in the midst of his mistakes, this is what he said. He said, the world can do almost anything as well or better than the church. You need not be a Christian to build houses, feed the hungry, or heal the sick. There's only one thing the world cannot do. It cannot offer grace. And so, I want to just ask you a question this morning. Who can you offer grace to this week? Maybe it's someone that you've lost contact with over the years. Maybe it's a colleague who's always on your back, or a business partner who's ripped you off. Maybe it's a teacher who's constantly critical, or a neighbor who's frequently negative. Someone who's sick, or just a relative who's really lonely. If you call ABC home, then my challenge to you is to give someone a glimpse of God's grace this week. Think about one person that you can offer grace to. might be a family member, a friend, a colleague, a neighbor, and just give them a glimpse of God's grace. And you can do this. You can give someone a glimpse of God's grace because God has given his grace to you. Look at this text again. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God gave his only son. Jesus willingly gave up his life so that we might live. He took the punishment that we deserved and in return gave us, unlimit- gave us the unlimited love of God. And Christians remember this exchange in a practice which we call communion. Very simple, a symbolic meal to remind us of the life and the love of Jesus. So in a moment I'm going to invite you to share communion and recognize in that that it is a glimpse of of God's grace. God loves you. And his love for you is undeserved, unlimited, unrestrained. 
So this morning, as you just take a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice, I encourage you to just pause and just soak in God's grace today. When you're ready, feel free. A couple of tables at the back and a table at the front. Let's just pray together. God, we are grateful for your goodness and your grace in our lives. And we confess before you that we're broken people living in a broken world and that we need you. I want to say thanks for Jesus and thanks that he sent, uh, you sent him to save us sinners. Through, you, through him we can enjoy a relationship with you. And so we just look ahead to this week. We just simply ask that uh, through your grace in our lives that would overflow into others and that we would be able to uh, give someone a glimpse of your grace uh, this week and point them towards your son Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.